Hello, and welcome to the Enlightened Awakening Podcast. A place of honest and authentic conversations. I'm your host, Timmy. And I'm Muriel. And today we wanted to have a conversation about something that intuitively people probably wouldn't think there is a strong connection between, and that is our state of mental wellness and equilibrium and money. I think a lot of us listening have a bunch of different viewpoints and ideas and perspectives about money and the role that it plays in our lives. But in today's conversation, we really wanted to hone in on why it is that these two things, in our point of view, are intrinsically linked together and how we can adjust the way that we relate with money with the goal of improving our mental health. So Uriel, to start off today's conversation, I wanted to ask you, how do you view these two ideas of mental health, mental wellness, and equilibrium and money? How do you view the link between those two? And what is it that led you to kind of point out that there is a strong link between the two? Honestly, that's a pretty loaded question, but I'm going to try to find an effective way to sort of explain how I came to this conclusion. I can remember, you know, as young as I was, just how money played a huge role in the mental health of a lot of adults around me, both my parents and really every family member. And money always seemed to either be the root cause of arguments or it somehow involved itself into other people feeling jealous or inadequate. But more importantly, there was always that connection that money sort of always connected to some degree to mental health. And it didn't necessarily become as apparent to me until I decided to be far more independent and move out of my parents' house for the first time. I learned the hard way a lot of lessons as to why money relates directly to our mental health. But more so than money, either the scarcity mindset of money or what I like to call the abundance mindset of money. And for a long time when I was struggling financially, that was the pitfall of my mental health as everything that I did surrounded money. What I would buy, the limitations that I would have on my activities, hobbies, it really sort of surrounded everything that I did. I think that this reality is the one that we all face uh, to different degrees, of course. But I always felt as though there just wasn't enough money. I never made enough money. That was always sort of a relentless goal that I could never truly achieve because the more I earned, the more money I spent. But I didn't realize that as I increased my earnings, I also increased my lifestyle spending. And so that scarcity mindset continued to dominate and affect my mental health negatively. I really had to embrace this thought of abundance, but it came in conjunction with sitting down and really understanding my finances. And I feel that's something that we all need to do because I know that there's tons of people listening that have at some point in their lives experienced what it's like to pinch every penny to make sure that you meet every bill that you have to pay or sometimes not being able to pay everything. I can't tell you the amount of sleepless nights I had, which obviously had a compounding effect on all other aspects of my life because I just wasn't mastering my spending and to be honest, I just didn't have any true financial education. I like what you said around how 
the lack of money and particularly the worries that came with that was one of the things that you noticed compromised the integrity of your mental health. Because as obvious as that may seem, I think a lot of us underestimate just how important of a role money plays in our lives. There's this line from, I think it's Good Life by Kanye West that I've always been a huge fan of. And he says, having money's not everything, but not having it is. And I was a man that is pure bars, but it's also pure truth because it's very easy to say things like money can't buy you happiness. And there's more important things in life than money. But the fact of the matter is that when you have a severe lack of resources, that's all that you think about because it impacts each and every area of your life. I, too, went through a really tough time due to poor financial management. And my time actually happened after I graduated from school. So I had to take student loans and I took the maximum amount I could because of my financial situation, my parents' financial situation at the time, I was qualified for the maximum amount. And I was like, man, this is nice. So I was living like a king when I was in school. I would eat out pretty much every single day. And this continued until I finished school and, of course, didn't have access to that money anymore because I had spent it all. I didn't realize that a lot of people will get student loans and actually save that money or invest that money. I wasn't of that mindset at that time. And so now I'm moved out of residence and I'm living in a place that actually was pretty cheap because there were seven of us living in a six bedroom house. My rent and living expenses weren't putting a significant financial strain, but I now had the added expense of paying back my student loans. And man, oh man, the day that I realized just how far I had fallen, this is what happened. I was coming back from working at the Apple store where I was working part-time at the time, even though I had graduated, I hadn't found a job in my field yet. All day, I'd been thinking about this one meal that I would get from the student center at the university that I would pass through on my way from work because I would get off at the bus loop at the uni and then walk back to my place. And all day I'd been thinking about this because it was like a Korean barbecue spot where they gave you fat portions of food. And I was like, I can use this as both my lunch and my dinner and I'll be okay. So I went to pay for it and my credit card was declined and I was stunned. I could not believe it. I was like, I know for a fact that I checked yesterday and I still had enough space on my credit card to be able to buy this. And I went and I logged into my app, the interest had hit my account that day. I had a $5,000 credit card at the time, and I had all of about, I think maybe $20 maybe left of space before I hit the cap. But after the interest hit, it was almost $200, I think. So not only had I exceeded my limit, but I also now had no way to eat. And I went home and I had absolutely nothing to eat for the rest of the day. It was miserable. And it took me a while to get out of that. And for, I think about, it was about a year and a half, all I ate was oatmeal for breakfast, mac and cheese with salmon, or not even salmon, canned tuna for my lunch slash dinner. And that was it for an entire year. And I will say that was the one of the most, if not the most miserable time in my life, only because of the fact that I just felt so dejected. And it was, it was embarrassing as well, right? And my sense of self-esteem the confidence that I had in myself and my ability to be able to provide for myself was completely shattered. And I was like, man, look at how I'm living. I'm paying $400 a month for rent and maybe like 
$50 to contribute to utilities and this is how I'm living. But it was a painful lesson and a good lesson. And I'm glad that I went through that because at such a young age, I was able to understand the dangers of credit cards. I was able to understand the importance of budgeting, the importance of eating well and ensuring that you're feeding your body with nutritious things. And yes, it is a painful lesson that I had to go through, but I've become better for it. All of that to say that I couldn't agree more that the way that we view money, approach money, use money is going to have a major determining factor on so many areas of our life. But I think a lot of us don't think about where those attitudes, viewpoints, and understandings around how we relate to money originate. A lot of that starts in childhood, and I have a lot of thoughts on that, but I want to open the floor to you to share a little bit on your thoughts on where you started adapting the way that you see money and what was the turning point for you when you saw that maybe the way that you were relating to money and the financial aspect of your life wasn't the way that was going to get you to where you wanted to be. Oh, man. <laughs> when you were telling your story, it reminded me of sort of kind of how I learned my lesson with money the first time around. Um, I've had a few, but I think the first one was probably the worst. But uh, I want to bring it back a bit just to answer what you're talking about, or, but where my money, uh, well, let's just call it my spending habits came from and just the way I viewed money. Being an immigrant to, uh, to Canada, I think that definitely affected the way that I saw um, money. My parents had always, they carried lots of debt for several years when we first came here. It was really the only way that they could kind of keep the family afloat. And um, them leveraging debt sort of got them to where they are right now. Although they were able to find successful ways to make money and they were, were able to grow their income quite significantly, their spending habits didn't really change until probably like the last two years. And it was always based around impulse purchases. Some of my high school friends used to actually make fun of of my parents for swapping out their cars all the time and, you know, having the new and latest phone or the newest TV and things, pretty much just trying to keep up with the trends. And at one point, I remember when I was maybe like 19, I remember thinking, why are they doing that? But I didn't really truly understand it, like I said, until... Probably around that year where I got, I finally made the jump to get my own credit card. Boy, did I max that thing quick. Again, similarly to my parents, I had this inclination to just buy things or eat out consistently, even though there was food at home and just making poor uh, financial choices. If I wanted something, I would buy it. Granted, my credit card was only two grand at the time. I got pretty lucky and... It took me a long time also to pay it off because at the time I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was just kind of working part time and well, part time jobs weren't very good at paying off a $2,000 credit card uh, in addition to keeping up with like my spending habits then. But it was a hard lesson learned. I definitely didn't have to learn it in the same way that you did, which is probably why I made more money mistakes uh, later on in my life. But intuitively, there was always this inclination for me to buy things and to keep up with the trends. And I think that sort of stemmed from my family, right? It was a way for me to demonstrate socially to people that I held some type of social status. And it obviously directly impacted my confidence, or at least what I thought was confidence at the time, because a lot of my purchases definitely came from 
internal feelings of dissatisfaction and just feeling like I didn't really fit in. So having all of these things that were material in nature and didn't really give me any true confidence or internal value never really helped me with like my own mental health at the time. I honestly hit rock bottom when, long story short, I was in a long-term relationship. I, my partner and I had separated, uh, well, not separated, we broke up, we weren't married, but we broke up, we were living together at the time and I had to sell my vehicle to make ends meet. And uh, I was without a vehicle for three months, sometimes taking transit because I had allowed my ex-girlfriend to move out and I took on a rent that I had no business paying off on my own with like car payments and insurance and dog food and, and you know, everything all put together. I was literally pinching pennies for, for about six months. That really changed the way I looked at money and how spending really can positively or negatively affect your life. But more importantly, the choices that come around spending. And you briefly talked about the importance of nutrition, but I started to quickly realize how lazy I was and, and how unwilling I was to make my own meals and learn to cook and do things that are quite basic, very fulfilling, but also great for your body, both physically and mentally. And I didn't realize the savings that came from that, especially now in today's economy. It's so expensive to eat out or even get any sort of fast food and the quality of the food continues to to decrease. And so really there's there's no positive anymore besides the ability to just get some really quickly when you're in a rush. Um, buying and making your own food is far more superior than anything else you can get uh, fast food related or even eating out sometimes. Like the quality of the food is just not there anymore. And with the tipping culture and just the prices of everything going up, you know, you used to be able to get a dinner for two for 60 bucks, maybe $80 now with a tip. But now, you know, you're paying 120, 150 bucks. And so it's really expensive. So being more strategic with your money can make things go a long way. But learning to cook, which is something relatively simple, can be not only a lifelong skill, but it can save you, save you thousands of dollars a year. Um, but more importantly, I think that I detached my personality from spending and having any type of physical item that I thought added anything of benefit to my personality. And slowly I started really valuing that money is just a metric or my wage is a metric of how much I value my time and I'm willing to give up my time for. That's the price I'm willing to take. And so when I started to think about that, I no longer wanted to be a slave to work. And therefore, I know I need to work and I know I need a job to pay for things that I need and are necessities. But I really started looking at it that way because there's so many other things I want to do outside of work. And therefore, it's allowed me to see my spending strategically and my budgeting strategically so I don't have to work more than I do or I can make financial goals and work a certain amount of hours to still satisfy those goals and have a prosperous future with financial freedom. A lot of the time we think that something like financial freedom is something that you just hear like a buzzword. But I do believe that it starts with the way that we think and the way that we view money. But it has to begin with awareness. And that's why I'm a very big fan of something that I think a lot of people will think is probably quite extra, but tracking your expenses. 
for me, when I've had the greatest success in life in terms of making significant financial leaps, it's when I've been very consistent with tracking my expenses on a weekly basis. Now, I know not everybody is going to be up for that because it is a lot of work to be able to track everything that you spend in a week. And that's kind of the point. When I think about, oh, man, I'm going to have to put this on my spreadsheet, it sometimes will discourage me from buying things that I don't really need. It gives me an opportunity to pause, to ask about how this is truly going to add value to my life, if it will, or if this is just me indulging in, let's say, maybe a moment of mental weakness where I don't feel like I want to get up to cook a meal or to put something together. And I'm maybe going to indulge in that sense of sloth, perhaps, or maybe I'm just having an off day and I'm convincing myself that because I'm not feeling my greatest, I should allow myself to just give into my cravings. Where I realized the true power of this was when I started, when I first started tracking my expenses, this probably was three, four years ago. And I noticed a very interesting trend when I would go out. So I would go out with friends and spend a lot of money on food and then be out late and then Uber downtown because I didn't want to find parking and then have to Uber back. And then in the morning, because I was up so late, I would often buy skip the dishes or just some sort of easy thing that I didn't have to actually prepare. And when I started noticing this pattern, I had to ask myself, this isn't just going out with friends to get some food. This isn't just going out and having to pay the Uber fee both ways. This isn't just the food that I get in the morning. This is a pattern that I can predictably anticipate is going to cost me no less than 150 to $200. And I had to ask myself, can I really say that this pattern here is worth $200, let's say a few times a month. And that's not even including all the other things I'm spending my money on. And it gave me an opportunity to ask myself a very important question. Is what I'm doing in alignment with who I desire to become, with the goals that I have set are important to myself? And the answer was very obviously no. Then I had to come to the point where I was going to make a decision with the information that I had. And I chose to stop indulging in those activities to break that pattern. And it was amazing how quickly I was able to grow my savings account, how quickly I was able to eliminate my student loan debt. I had $50,000 of student loans. And again, that 55 or that 5,000 of credit card debt. And within two and a half years, I believe I was completely debt free. Now, most people, again, would think that that's not possible, that a lot of people who have that level of debt just spend years paying it off. And yeah, that does mean that I paid a lot more than the minimum payment and was intentional about doing that. But I'm very grateful that I did do that because similarly to you, I've seen the way that debt can ruin households, relationships, and individuals. For me, where my attitudes about money came in was definitely in childhood, hearing that there was always a lack similarly to you. But where my mind went is I understood from a very early age that if you don't have money, you aren't capable of enjoying life in many ways. You aren't able to go on vacations. You aren't able to even do the basic things like afford to have your car break down in the middle of winter. I remember how we would always have these blankets in the car and extra socks and clothes in case our car broke down in the winter because it had happened before. And that can become an emergency real quick, depending on where you break down. So just having to have all these extra 
precautions and worries about, oh, if this happens, how are we going to handle that? It takes a toll on you. Another area, and I'm glad you talked about abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. I remember my mom all the time telling us, oh, we pay for every drop of water. Don't leave water running. We pay for every bit of electricity that we use. Don't leave lights on. And always hearing this this rhetoric around how there isn't enough. I think that when I started getting access to my own resources, I then went the other way and felt like I had been deprived of all of these good things and video games and a cell phone and having the ability to eat out and just enjoy when perhaps I should maybe be more wise in what it is that I'm not only consuming, but where I'm consuming it. There was a lot of things that I just went too far on and it took me years, years to undo that. And it's something that I'm still struggling with and something I anticipate I will have to continue to struggle with. But that's why I really like the idea of budgeting and tracking your expenses, because setting a budget is fantastic. But if you're not tracking whether or not you're actually staying within that budget, its effectiveness is quite limited. When you were talking about like that scarcity mindset in your family, that it almost felt like word for word, the stuff that my father would always say. And he keeps saying to this very day. And I, I found it a little bit scary because that, I think that's how we, like all of us kind of develop this attachment and insatiable chase of like wealth because we always are being kind of told that what you have is not enough. Now, I understand why our parents probably told us that because I'm sure we left lots of lights on, left the water running more and it's terrible for the environment, but also obviously financially it's, it's terrible too. Uh, it just, it brought me to this thought in regards to financials and just how important it is as we've been saying now for several episodes, to get away from that scarcity mindset. Because when we're always in a state of scarcity, never is anything in our lives going to be good enough. And so changing that, you were talking about, maybe I don't have enough money to go on a vacation. But at the end of our episodes, we've been talking about creating a life worth living. And sure, you might not be able to take a vacation to an all-inclusive in Mexico or go see Europe right now. But it doesn't mean that you cannot create a life that is fulfilling and makes you happy. Now, I understand that not everybody's situations are the same, but I took the time to engage myself in hobbies that are free of charge, that you can learn online, you can learn a new language, you can learn about different sports, you can increase your level of fitness without even having a gym membership, all with all the free resources that are available online. So they're never, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have some financial ties to any real hobby that you're trying to do. Sure, there's sometimes investments and equipment and things like that, but you can start from the bottom and start building up as you create a budget to be able to maybe do these hobbies uh, in any given location or take private lessons. But it doesn't mean you get started. You have to get started with the fanciest and most expensive membership at the best studio. And that was a hard lesson that I also needed to, to learn myself because ultimately it never felt like I could afford things but when I started living beyond my means, my life completely changed. There's a certain amount of money that I choose to sort of make annually. And I've set my goal for that. And that mainly is just to try to become debtless so that I can, again, reach a financial level of freedom that works for me. And there's different calculations, but the way I worked it out is for me to budget that all of my bills will not exceed 60%. And if I can say below 50% of my home take uh, after tax, then I'm doing really good. 
And this has not only allowed me to not really ever have to worry about money anymore, but it gives you that confidence and it builds your self-esteem tremendously. Now, that's a big ask for a lot of people, right? Because not everyone makes, you know, the same amount of money and not everybody has the ability to do that. But I think it's definitely something to strive for. And you can only do that by truly being mindful about your spending and how you view money and the way that you've built your life around money. Another thing too that we've kind of, you were talked about, you know, when your car broke down, there wasn't enough money for that, is creating an emergency fund. And what I've also done for myself is that every month, all of my bills included, I tack on $100 and I put that aside on a completely different account. I don't have a debit card for, and that's just my emergency fund. Some people like to just create an emergency fund as fast as possible. I don't necessarily think that's feasible. I'd rather put that money towards debt uh, in greater amounts, as you sort of talked about how you paid off your uh, student loans much quicker. Because, but it depends, right? Like some people are in different situations. If you feel like something might go really wrong, maybe be a bit more aggressive towards creating an emergency fund. But for me now, over the last couple of years, you know, I have a few thousand dollars and a lot of financial gurus recommend like six months worth of your home take. And for me, that's going to take a few years, but that's all right. But because I live between 50 to 60% of my home take, I always have additional money just sitting around, which I could use as an emergency fund, which is why that part about living below your means is so, 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 so important. And I know I wasn't doing that before and it was hard to cut certain things out, but a lot of it was just like you were talking about. It's just going out, eating out, you know, spending a bunch of money on booze and Ubers. And honestly, that wasn't even making me happy. So when I realized that it was so easy to just make those adjustments and not only am I happier, my bank account is happier and my future looks far more promising because I don't ever have to worry about money, hopefully ever again. And that's really what I think we were interested in teasing out in today's conversation is just the peace of mind that comes when we are diligent with our finances. It's something that cannot be overstated. And especially as individuals who have gone through that in childhood, where we understood that even as kids, that money was tight and the way that it causes your brain chemistry to change when you're constantly worrying about whether or not you're going to have enough is something that I don't want my kids to ever have to experience. And I am grateful for the lessons I was able to learn. And especially around how it just provides that sense of security for your kids, your family. And that obviously is going to come back to you, especially for us as men who have that drive to be providers. That also allows you to feel good about yourself and what you're doing. And I think really will do wonders for a lot of us if we are able to be diligent in that way to know that regardless of what happens, we can ensure that we have the ability to take care of ourselves and our loved ones. There's just so much peace that comes with that. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, guys. We greatly appreciate your continued support. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you like to listen to podcasts because we out here on every single platform. Greatly appreciate your continued listenership. Take care, stay blessed. And remember to keep working on creating a life worth living.